0: Pondering the Bible. A deeper dive into the books of the Bible. Greetings and welcome to Pondering the Bible. I'm your co-host Ken Corkins, and with me, as always, is my longtime friend and pastor, Rocky Ellison. Hello. This is season six, episode 11, and we pray that we're sponsored by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. How's it going?
1: Good, good. Um, Last Saturday, the North Texas Conference of the United Methodist Church voted unanimously uh, to permit our church to disaffiliate from the United Methodist Church. Uh, and today we paid them uh, the ransom fee. <laughs> 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 They've been holding our building and our bank account hostage, and today we paid them the ransom fee, uh, and everything belongs to us now for the mm-hmm. first time in in like 68 years. Right. So uh, it's a good day. I feel good. I feel good.
0: We're still in the Book of Mark. Yes, we are. But now we've jumped to chapter 3. What
1: verses in chapter 3 are we going to cover today? Verses 1 through 6, and as predominantly from the New Living Translation. Jesus went into the synagogue again and noticed a man with a deformed hand. Since it was the Sabbath, Jesus' enemies watched him closely. If he healed the man's hand, they planned to accuse him of working on the Sabbath. Jesus said to the man with a deformed hand, Come and stand in front of everyone. Then he turned to his critics and asked, Does the law permit good deeds on the Sabbath, or is it a day for doing evil? Is this a day to save life or to destroy it? But they wouldn't answer him. He looked around at them angrily and was deeply saddened by their hard hearts. Then he said to the man, Hold out your hand. So the man held out his hand, and it was restored. At once, the Pharisees went away and met with the supporters of Herod to plot how to kill Jesus. Amen. All right. So basically
0: well, my first question, we haven't changed days, even though we changed books in the in the gospel
1: itself. Change changed chapters.
0: Change yeah. chapters, yeah. Ron, are you paying attention? Nope. We haven't changed chapters, but This is essentially a follow-on to the story we covered last week, right?
1: Exactly. Last week, he was uh, walking to synagogue, and the Pharisees were spying on him, and some of the disciples grabbed grains of wheat uh, from a field as they were walking past, and the Pharisees lost their minds. You're working on the Sabbath. You're harvesting, and you're winnowing, and you're grinding, And, and they went crazy. And Jesus makes them... Even crazier when he says to them, I am the Lord of the Sabbath. I danced in the morning when the world was young, which basically means holy day belongs to me. I'm the one who makes the rules. It's it's another way of saying I am God.
0: Right. And so they,
1: they go crazy uh, at this, this and, and they continue to follow him all the way until he gets to church. And that's where we are Today, so as this is, I don't know, you know, maybe fifteen to twenty minutes later, right? Because you can't only walk so far right. on a Sabbath, day. right? <laughs> so it can't be that far, right? Yeah, he gets into the um, into the synagogue and immediately notices a, a, a guy with a, and this is where. Your translations will vary. Uh, our NLT today said a man with a deformed hand. Many versions say a withered hand. Some will say a paralyzed hand. Um, we don't know specifically what the deformation was, what was wrong with the hand. But what's interesting is the prefixes on the Greek words tell us he wasn't born that way. Hmm. So this is somehow he has damaged his hand between birth and adulthood. And we don't know if, you know, he did it in his teens or if this only happened a week ago. Right. We don't know. Uh, the only thing we, we can know for sure is that uh, he wasn't born that way. He has hurt the hand somehow so that it will not function uh, in a useful capacity. Uh, and everybody's watching. <laughs>
0: Right. It's not like there was no way to hurt yourself in in, in ancient Jerusalem, right? Right. <laughs> there was no OSHA. There was no working guidelines. It, I'm quite sure it was quite common to be injured on the job or just doing whatever. It's, yeah. It, it just seems like it was... An unsafe time. Not like today is much safer, but it just seems like there's and yeah. there's no medical, yeah. real medical. You can't rush him off to the emergency room to get it yeah. reattached or anything like that. But, you know, he's probably a field worker. Got it caught in something or got it ran over with something
1: and just damaged it to where he's now a handicapped man. It's been oh, probably 30 years ago. I, I was working with a tractor and uh, had a piece of hydraulically driven equipment smash into my hand and uh, my thumb, my right thumb went numb. And it took years before it was fully, completely functional again. So if this guy has dropped a cart mm-hmm. on his hand or an oxen has stepped on it or or this could even be a neurological disease we just don't know you know maybe he's getting uh multiple sclerosis and this is how it's it's exemplifying itself in his particular life he's got an appendage that doesn't function great we don't know what the story is we just know there's a whole bunch of ways it could have (laughs)
0: happened i'm just glad you didn't go into gory gross detail about some (laughs) appendage you had removed (laughs) i was really starting to squirm over here i'm like please don't make me squirm i can't stand to see other people in pain do we want to go verse by verse or just kind of keep going yeah, through? Yeah, let's, right. let, let's go ahead and um, Verse 2 then, since we kind of already covered verse 1. Since it was the Sabbath, Jesus' enemies watched him closely. If he healed the man's hand, they planned to accuse him of working on the Sabbath. Who
1: are these guys? All right, these are still the Pharisees who are holiness experts, you know, how to live a sinless life. Uh, When the scribes and the Bible experts couldn't trap Jesus in Bible knowledge, they were sent back to Jerusalem and the Pharisees were dispatched uh, with the instructions, watch him. And if he does something sinful, we can completely discredit him. So they are looking specifically for violations of law, uh, so that they can begin a trial uh, with Jesus. And it's the same guys that showed up when he was at dinner at Matthew the tax collector's house. Right. Who wanted to know, why do you eat with sinners? Why would you ever do that? Same guys who, who caught him. Harvesting in the field. These are the same guys now who followed him into the synagogue, and their whole goal is catch him breaking a rule. Um, they thought they had him in breaking the uh, the harvesting rule, working on the Sabbath when he when he was when they picked out the grain. But he he kind of caught them in a trap with uh, King David right. and uh, a time when David violated the law for the for the safety and health of human beings over the, over the Sabbath. Now we've got a situation where they're watching him going, ooh, ooh, we didn't get him for working on the Sabbath a half an hour ago, but we might get him now because healing on the Sabbath is illegal. Right, that's also considered work. And in particular, if, uh, if it's something that doesn't, it's not life and death, and if he has lived with it for a while— then the law says, wait for one more day and heal him when it's not the Sabbath. So these guys are hoping now that Jesus will, will uh, actually pull the guy out there and, and heal him uh, and do work. They had um, the Sabbath healing laws were, were crazy. I was going to say, these are Pharisees' laws. Yes. These are not God's no, laws. No, you're not going to find the—the right. the 10th <laughs> commandment says, do no work. That's it. Right. Okay. Doesn't define what work is. Everything that defines work, the Pharisees and the rabbis had concocted together. Uh, but healing in one of the categories was healing. What mm-hmm. defines the work of healing? If you have a fracture, you're not allowed to deal with it. So oh my. fall off of your donkey, get a compound fracture. You've got a bone sticking out of your leg or out of your arm. Tough cookies until sunset on Saturday night. You are not allowed to deal with that infections. Here we come. <laughs> uh, but if you got a throat infection, that you're allowed to cure because how else are you going to praise God on the <laughs> Sabbath if your throat is messed up? So that's not working. Uh, even the uh, that's not working. Um, if you cut yourself. You could put a bandage over it to, to stop the blood loss, but you couldn't put any ointment or salve or any medicine on that bandage. Cause now you're healing. Right. So you can stop it from getting worse, but you're not allowed to make it better. Um, if a woman went into labor and is giving birth, okay, fine. You can help her, <laughs> but we want it noted for the record that only a sinful woman would give birth on the Sabbath. So she's a sinner. The baby is highly suspect, but I guess it's okay to help her through labor and keep her and the child (laughs) from dying. Uh, And one of the ones that that just flabbergasted me, if a wall falls over and crushes people, and apparently that happened enough that it was worth making a rule about (laughs) Apparently, walls were... were What are we going to do about falling walls? Well, we better write a rule Yeah, yeah. (laughs) If a wall falls over and crushes people, you're allowed to move enough stones to find out if they're alive or dead. (laughs) If they're dead, stop. You're done. Uh, If they're alive... uh, ascertain whether they can make it until sunset oh <laughs> before you move any more stones. If they're not going to make it, okay, go ahead and move the rest of the stones and pull them out from being crushed. <laughs> my, oh my. That was the Pharisaic view of the work of healing on the Sabbath. And, and as you just said, this is not biblical. This is not from the Lord God. This is crazy men who can't leave something alone. Then let's
0: move on. Then to verse three, uh, Jesus said to the man with the deformed hand,
1: "Come and stand in front of everyone." Jesus is making he's making a stand. Right. Jesus has decided it is time to trigger the sequence of events that will lead to the cross.
0: Right. We said earlier that Mark is kind of pushing that early and often to, you know, this is all about getting to the cross. Here we are just, are,
1: just in chapter three, the very first verses of chapter three. That's all the farther we are out of what, 16 chapters, and Jesus has just initiated the sequence of events that will take him to the cross. He intentionally, deliberately causes confrontation, and to create that, he brings the man up to the front of the synagogue. Now, he could have pulled him off to a corner, right? spoken to him and healed him quietly. He could have taken him out of the synagogues. The whole point of bringing him up front is... That's where important people sit. In their churches, you sit based on how important you are. If you're not important, you sit at the back, farthest away from the rabbi. If you're very important, like a Jerusalem Pharisee, you sit in the very front row. And that's where Jesus brings the man up to. So this is going to happen in their face. Right, he's going to bring about, make a show of it, yeah. essentially. Like, I'm going to prove a point and watch this,
0: right? Yes. Okay. Okay. Um. so then verse 4 then he turned to his critics and asked does the law permit good deeds on the Sabbath or is it a day for doing evil is this a day to save life or destroy it but they wouldn't answer him yeah so he's kind of twists in a sense not twist but he, he turns the question not about work but about what is the day for is it really
1: no you're absolutely right Um, Remember, the Pharisees are locked in on rules. Right. It's all about the rules. See if Jesus breaks a rule. Well, what Jesus has just done with that question, he's taking it out of, will you define this as work or not work? And instead, he's transformed it into, what is ethical and moral? Uh It's not a rule question the way jesus asks it it's a morality question and those are much more vague those are much more difficult and the pharisees don't want anything to do with a question like that that's why they came up with their rules so they didn't have any questions they know the answer yeah yeah so he's trying to look at the bigger picture in a sense you know the pharisees absolutely love god in a box (laughs) right if i can keep god in a box and and then I know that if I do A, B, or C, God is going to do D, E, or F. It's all predictable. It's all controllable. I like my universe ordered. God has to love me if I do all these things. Exactly. If I do A, B, and C, God has to love me. He has to let me go to heaven. He has to call me his favorite. He has to. But if we deal in ethical and moral questions... That's hard. Yeah, they're nowhere near as clear-cut. No. It's a really an ethical question. Is it right
0: to... If you turn it around and say, okay, back to the love your neighbor. Yes. Right?
1: And that's exactly where I'm going to go Sunday oh. with this, because you're exactly right. You just hit the nail right on the head. You nail right and we're
0: closing this episode? No. <laughs> <laughs> but it does. It turns it into... What's his, you know, it's also important to love your neighbor, and therefore you do the right thing for your, for your neighbor, even if it is a Sabbath. Yeah. Because that's the right thing, the moral thing yeah. to do for somebody, because you love them.
1: We're reading from Mark. If we were reading from Matthew or Luke, uh, Jesus would have uh, gone beyond saying, you know, do you do good or evil on this day? And he would have said to them, if you've got a sheep and it falls right. in a pit on the Sabbath, you know. You would pull it out of the pit and save its life. Are you telling me the sheep is more important than this man? All right. That's not a that's a moral conundrum for him. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> All right, um,
0: but at the end of it, it, says they wouldn't answer him. No, right. So they
1: don't want to get trapped. Uh, right, they just
0: got their hand, their their rules handed back to them. Yeah. On the on the. Uh, on the eating thing or the harvesting thing. And so they're like,
1: well, we're not going to jump into that pit again. (laughs) Not stepping into that trap again. We're not going to do it a a second time. So they refuse to even acknowledge the question. They refuse to to acknowledge that the Sabbath could be an ethical situation. Right. Verse 5,
0: He looked around at them angrily and was deeply saddened by their hard hearts. Then he said to the man, hold out your hand so the man held out his hand and it was restored
1: he's angry he is there's a real tendency these days to make jesus uh, a complete pacifist Being fluffy unicorns dancing on rainbows. and jesus always had a smile on his face and he was never upset and even in you know that's not true jesus was outraged by moral and ethical Inequalities and 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 evil in in those forms, Uh, and these guys, uh, Jesus said, what's made him so angry is their hard hearts, which you and I think makes sense, right? They're they're just not loving and kind, right? Here's the deal, and we really come across this a lot in Paul's writing, in first century Palestine, the heart was the center of logic and decision-making. Your emotions were down in your tummy, down in your your bowels, down in your guts. So, uh, you loved someone from the stomach. Interesting. But you worked out a problem from your heart. And so, what Jesus is is angry about is, is not that they're cold-hearted to you and I. He's angry because they refuse to see the logic of his argument and to admit that he is right. People are are more important than rules. They refuse to acknowledge that. That's what has him so angry.
0: Yeah, so uh, a today reading, you'd think this is an emotional response, but it's actually a logical response. It is. Response. Yeah. Okay, yeah.
1: interesting. Paul uses those same uh, heart and bowels in the same way throughout his writings. When, when he talks about from my heart, he, he's saying what you and I would say from my head. Right. You know, mentally, I know. Interesting. I have to reread it all now. Yeah, because it's all twisted around. <laughs> so he tells the guy to hold his hand out, and he does, and it is restored. What's really interesting here is absolutely no work has taken place. Right. Simply saying "hold out your hand" is not work, and holding out your hand. Is not work. There was no rule that said you couldn't only put your hand out and pull it back so many times. They thought about that rule, but they they, they bypassed that. Yeah. 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 (laughs) (laughs) So, neither Jesus nor the the man perform any work whatsoever, yet the miracle still happens. Uh, The moral question is answered. So, there's no
0: rule against performing miracles probably because— they never really had to face that dilemma.
1: Here's that, <laughs> no. This is something else that I love. I absolutely love this. The, in Matthew and Luke, the, the uh, church officials in the synagogue attack Jesus and say, only God should heal on the Sabbath. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus is like— You're welcome. My point exactly. <laughs> You're welcome.
0: <laughs> okay, then in verse 6— uh, At once, the Pharisees went away and met with the supporters of Herod to plot how to kill Jesus. So, as we said before, this is Peter via Mark kind of pushing the story to get to the cross because that's the most important part. So, we see them. That's twice today he's beat us. Let's go, you know, we we need to create a case against him because he's breaking all kinds of rules, right? He's breaking the rules on harvesting. Now, he's breaking the rules on healing. This guy's terrible.
1: You're in big trouble now, pal. What's, What's really... Interesting here is the hypocrisy. It's not okay to heal on the Sabbath, but apparently it's okay to break the 40-step rule and walk all the way back to Jerusalem right. on the Sabbath, and it's okay to plot murder on the Sabbath. I'm sure that's not in the Mishnah. <laughs> yeah, plot murder? No, wait, we don't
0: want to cover that one. That is odd. That is, that's ironic, if you will.
1: In a prior time, when, when they were lowering the man through the roof— And Jesus uh, heals him. He says to him, your sins are forgiven. And the, uh, the, the scribes are furious. That's blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. That's blasphemy. And then Jesus is able to heal the man. Therefore, he must be. Able to forgive sins—that right. was the hard thing and the easy thing—and um, and, and so they're not able to—they're not able to have evidence that they could present in court, but they're convinced that's blasphemy. Uh, here, they have attacked Jesus and said only God should heal on the Sabbath, and Jesus says, "Correct, thank you," and that's blasphemy. So they've tried so hard in all these cases to convict him of working on the sabbath they can't do that the change the charge will now change to blasphemy mm. and blasphemy to the jews was a capital offense now only the romans can execute someone right. so these guys we see them head straight to the herodians the romans who work with herod the jew To enforce law throughout the land. Now, that's really interesting because the Pharisees were purity and holiness focused. One of their deals was never, ever, ever spend time with a Gentile. Don't do it. But they're willing to break that rule in order to get a death penalty conviction against Jesus. All right. Anything else on this one? Nope. That's it. It's it's a very intense six verses. A great deal happens here. This is when Jesus goes from simply being under investigation to being declared an outlaw by the Sanhedrin. Right, and he kind of pushes that yeah. in this in
0: this little pericope. Yeah, yeah. he says, "Look, I'm going to send you up front and prove." And then that gets him started
1: down the path. So when we say the crucifixion didn't happen to Jesus and the Sanhedrin and the Romans didn't crucify Jesus, he made it happen. This is one of the reasons why we say that. This was always the plan to go to the cross for your and my salvation. And Jesus is already orchestrating getting to the cross in the first verses of chapter 3.
0: Very interesting.
1: It's under his control. So have you given a sermon title yet? Calling this one Rage because there's so much emotion going on both with the Pharisees and with Jesus. Interesting. All right. So if you'd like to listen to the
0: sermon that Rocky delivers, it'll be on our website at www.pondergmc.org. At the top is the menu called Ministries. Click that. Pull it down. Go to click on sermons. Look for the sermon Rage. This will have been delivered on March 12th, 2013.
1: Ron, are you paying attention? Nope.
0: And where are we going next week?
1: Uh, Next week, uh, we're going to talk about the crowds. Uh, See, the the official religious establishment may have now given up on Jesus, but the crowds are going to intensify and become more vocal about, hey, this guy is the Messiah.
0: Very good. All right, I got a dad joke for you, and I bet you'll get it this time.
1: Okay.
0: My neighbor has two dogs, Timex and Rolex. They're watchdogs. (laughs) And with that, I think we'll close this episode. This is Ken Corkins and Rocky Elliston reminding you to love God and be nice to people. Thanks for tuning in. You can find us at www.pondergmc.org. There you can watch our live stream services, listen to replays of Rocky's sermons, and find other interesting information about us. This has been Pondering the Bible.